We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mailbag time, Mr. Daddario. We had a Woo! super chat from Tyler. Misguided passion uh, said free Charlie Weiss's last belt loop. Uh, Charlie can post in this chat if he wants to. He was not bat- banned from this chat. He was uh, he was put on a little bit of a timeout during the game because while Notre Dame was up 28 to three, he just kept complaining about stuff. And it's just like, take a deep breath, <laughs> you know, enjoy the game. You're going to be fine. Everything is, everything is It's good. great. Everything I was getting messages from some people that were, you know, a little on edge, I guess, yeah. when the game started. I didn't even respond. Yeah. And then afterwards, I was like, they did what they needed to do. And they're like, yeah, yeah we know. I got a buddy who like, texts me all game. And he's like, dude, I know you're not reading it. I just need to vent. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, if I if I were to respond to him, I'm like, dude, like, you're losing it. But, uh, yeah, do what they needed to do. Joseph Conaty with the super chat. Thank you very much, Joseph. Really appreciate it. Hartman kept Notre Dame calm and steady in the first half. Agreed. Once yeah. the team came around, I felt much better about the game, and Jelly left me uncomfortable, but not worried. Notre Dame did what they had to do in the end. I mean, look, if Steve Angeli had to play right now, I'd be nervous. But that's because this was the first time Steve's ever played a and, right. and it wasn't even a meaningful snap, but like a non-fourth quarter handed off on the final series and get out of the game set. I mean, first time he's ever played in this type of environment, he's going to have to get better. But, you know, he'll be, you know, left me uncomfortable to the point, Vince, where, like, if he had to play right now, I'd feel nervous. But I'd oh, feel nervous sure. if it was Kenny Minchie playing or if C.J. Carr was on campus yep. or, you know, I mean, look, that's that's just the reality of it. Either it's, way, you're yeah. going from a guy who's 24, a sixth year in college, to a guy who's either 19 or 18 with ridiculously limited experience as a college quarterback. I mean, yeah. you'd be nervous about anybody at that point. I, I'd be nervous if CJ Carr was the uh, was a true freshman. I mean, it's just there's just a yeah. very big drop off from an experience level at this point. I mean, and we're all excited that that Sam Hartman yeah. is the quarterback for this team. And yeah. Any backup is gonna be like, well, that's not Sam Hartman. No yeah. kidding. No, no you know, kidding. I, I didn't think Steve played well. He went eight of eleven for 130 yeah. yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> right. 
Exactly. But you know, you know what I do like though is like there's a lot he's got to improve upon. But now he has some film in the game situation that they can look at and say, hey, look, you know, see this throw, it's there. Yeah. As long as you get exactly. rid of it sooner, right? Like he's got drop, he's got actual there. tape. Yes, exactly. You know what I mean? He's exactly. got actual tape. That's that he why can this go was. Back. Yeah. That's why they needed to get him in the game with the first team offense. Like get the. Yes. Well, I, I want to, and I don't know if it was taught. I'm actually going to go read. Uh, why? Why you're talking next time? I'm actually going to go read see if they talked about why they weren't like they weren't like signaling in in the, a lot of the second half. They the quarterbacks kept running yeah. to the sideline and they were giving them the play. I I didn't know if like the headsets were down or something or I didn't know well, what was going on. Isn't aren't those guys the ones that are usually signaling in? Isn't it usually? Yeah, in but that's jelly? that's been in the past they, as well. I mean, they got to have a backup that can do exactly that, right. Exactly. Well, but even when Minchie went in the game, that he was doing the same thing. He was running over, and yeah. Jelly was back on the sideline. I thought that was a little strange. Yeah, maybe they're trying. So, to, maybe yeah. that's just their way of wasting time, or I, yeah. I don't know. Well, don't it, know. You're right. That's don't a good know. question to ask. Yeah, but um, but look, th- he needed this opportunity. Like that's the thing is he needed these yep. snaps. He needed these live reps. He needed to to run with the first team offense. He needed to communicate with the offensive line. He needed to get a feel for, you know, what a game looks like outside of a scripted practice setting, right? Because everything in practice is scripted once you get into the season. Like fall camp, it's not scripted because you got your scrimmages and you're going good on good and all that kind of stuff. But you know, all your stuff against scout team is you're you're telling them what defense to run. You're getting them in the looks you want them to be in, right? There's not a D coordinator for the scout team that's like making these calls, trying out smart Jared Parker. You're getting them set up and what you want to see. And so, to a degree, there's even when you're showing your your offense pressure or uncomfortable situations, you're still scripting that uncomfortable situation. This is a different animal, man. And what I like about Steve is he showed some. You know, he he can extend plays a little bit, yeah. and 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 that's good. Now he's just got to clean up the other stuff, as does Kenny, and you know just keep getting better and better and better. But you need games like this to be able to get him on the field, and hopefully, in two weeks they get another one when they play Central Michigan. That's that's my hope. Who got destroyed last night by Michigan State? It was, it was kind of scrappy early, but Michigan it was State, ug- well. I would say it was ugly early, personally. Yeah. Like it was not. It was just wasn't great football, from what I understand. They're not good. Yeah, yeah. they're not good. Neither team is very good. I was going to say, I think it goes both ways in that yeah. game last night. Michigan State just had way better players than Central Michigan. Right. They're, they're they're not good. So hopefully you can get another one before the schedule gets a little nuts um, You know, here in about three weeks. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From Alex Udell, thank you very much for the super chat. Got to tackle better. Too many misses in the backfield. Big time. Too Big many time. misses all over the Here's field, the really. crazy thing is, Vince, is like Tennessee State finished with 156 yards of offense, and they should have had about 40 less yards than that. I mean, right, there's a lot of missed opportunities. And it, and it, the frustrating thing is it, it just kind of – it just kind of – it's that lack of focus thing when you're playing an inferior opponent. You're trying to go make the big play and you overrun a play, but then there's other times they're just in midfield and they just got juked. You're like, dude, like what, what's going on here? Yeah, yeah, way way too – and it was also, the as we said, the contain issues were a little bit of a problem as well. This isn't something we talked about, Vince, but I want to read this super chat from uh, from San, from Tyler Evans and, and talk about it now. So I saw this one earlier and I kind of left it – for it because we didn't really talk about this when you and I were talking, but this is something that needs to be discussed. I thought you were going to read. I'm sorry. I thought no, you no, said, no. Sorry, I'm buddy. Gonna read I was just one. setting no, you up on why we're talking about my bad man. Gotcha. My bad. Oh, it's all my good, bad, homie. I'm like, okay, you're going to read it? No. Uh, Tyler Evans, thank you so much for the super chat. I love uh, Red Zone D, and I'm loving the two-minute offense, even though I knew they had 53 seconds on the clock and went down and scored. Yeah, I, it was – really wild watching them just how easily they went down the field yes. in that situation i mean that was really impressive but look calm cool collected what was one of the worst things we saw from the notre dame literally the worst part about the notre dame football team in 2022 was its red zone defense 100 percent. i mean it was and it's not even really debatable what the worst thing was like that was easily clearly without question the worst part of their football team Last season, Notre Dame allowed opponents to get into the red zone 34 times. And in those 34 times, they allowed opponents to score 32 times. Notre Dame has already had three red zone red zone drives that came away with no points in the first two games. They had one against Navy, and then they had two. Now, they were missed field goals. One of them was blocked, but that's the whole point. When you don't let them score, yeah. because last year – Notre Dame and th- those 34 red zone attempts allowed touchdowns on 27 of those drives. They've been in five red zone trips so far and have allowed zero. T- they're two red zone stops away of not allowing a touchdown to tie the number of stops they had all of last year. Say, well, they played bad teams. They played plenty of bad teams. They could have yes, had those did. stats against last year, Right. So that's got to be discussed because it's a, now it's got to continue as the schedule ramps up, Vince. Vince, but that's that's important because that was a really bad part of what they did, and I thought the sudden change was a great, like learning something we like a learning moment for us about this defense because it was such a you're on the bench, you're finally relaxed, you just you, you're frustrated by what happened on the first series. You know, like, shoot, we gave up points, and, and you're about to get into the adjustments you need to make, and boom, get on the field. Get out there. It's massive. You know, sudden change. And yeah. then just stuff, you know, uh, you had a – what was it again? It was a pressure. 
And then it was, was a it pressure a, stuff and the uh, then yeah. the third down throw. Yep. To yep. First and side. ten, Javante Jean Baptiste had the pressure. They tried to run outside zone. Baptiste blows it up, and then he cuts up, and then Batello comes crashing backside, and then and then the Benjamin and he was scrambling on that play. He was forced out of the pocket. I can't remember right. who had the pressure on that play, but that was a. I mean, it wasn't even like hey, you let him get inside the ten and you buckle down and fourth and goal. No, they had no chance of scoring a touchdown on that drive. Like that was big for me. That was big for me. We saw this defense respond to adversity the last two weeks better. Some created by themselves. In last week, it was created by themselves. This week, it was created by things outside of their control, and they did what they needed to yeah. do. So, Tyler, that's a great observation. The red zone D through two games has been excellent. It's just now it's got to continue, right? And so, yeah. I mean, look the it, stuff the the stuff that we didn't like today, Vince. It's all correctable. The oh tackling, my gosh, yes. You know that kind of stuff. It's all correctable. It really is. Same with the offense. It's all correctable. It's it's all stuff you get in the film room. You you go over it. You clean it up. And you go out there and you're sharper next week. It it it, it is. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And it's it's it is a it's a situation where, and I've said this a million times, and I'll say it again. When you come out on the positive end of a game, it makes it so much easier to go into the film room yeah. and break some things down. It's like, hey guys, great. You know, we went down. We scored here. Because, again, everybody knows that they were going to beat Tennessee State. That, yeah. That's not a thing. But, okay, we went down on this drive and scored. But should it really have taken us 10 plays? You know <laughs> well, what I mean? Like, let's look why, at why that. Does matter? Why does it matter, right. Vince? Because you're not going to get away with just out-towning NC State, Ohio State, exactly. Duke, Louisville, USC, right. Pitt, Clemson, the way you did Tennessee State and Correct. Navy. But, again, that's why you play those teams in your first two games. To get that For stuff sure. out of your system, and then you get better and better, and you prove on it. You got film to to deal with it now, and you get better at it. And that's yep. Could that's not agree more. That's the key. Bishop Fife with the super chat. Thank you very very much. How would you compare the level of competition between Navy and Tennessee State? Tennessee State's better in some areas. Secondary's better. Receivers are better. The rest of it, they're not close to Navy. To Navy. Yeah. Na- Navy would beat. Tennessee State convincingly. Navy would run all over Tennessee State. Yeah. I mean, they just yeah. would. I mean, look, if Notre Dame wanted to, they could have just lined up and ran the ball, you know, all night long. Yes, there were some times where the offensive line didn't do great and they sure. had some negatives and things like that. But at the end of the day, if they just wanted to line up in, in 12 or 13 right. personnel and just run it at Tennessee State, it's game over. Like, well, it, it, and I said during the week, I don't want to see that, Vince. That's no, what Kelly would do. Because yeah. it doesn't make you better. Yeah, you, got, you didn't necessarily right. weren't sharp on some stuff you did, but I don't want to see that. I don't want to see you just come bully a team because that doesn't project – that doesn't get you ready to go beat NC State. Absolutely you correct. Know? Like, hey, yep. we had to we ran a couple things. We didn't execute it effectively. You know, let's clean it up. But now we have it on film. We can we've shown we've shown NC State. We're gonna run this stuff. Like the first week of the game, Notre Dame just ran duo and inside zone up navies, you know what? Well, what was the first touchdown run against Tennessee State on? It was a buck sweep that was getting outside. Like, so now you're like, okay, they can hit us inside, they can hit his outside. We got to be ready for all of it. Now Notre Dame's got to clean up the blocking on some of that stuff, but I was glad they showed that stuff. You know, they showed some different pass game looks. They got to get better at stuff, but they were able to get a lot more of their offense in today, and I thought that was good. I thought that was a good thing. I like I like this comment, right, Vince? This is <laughs> Coast Malone. Thanks for the super chat. We're so back. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. Yes. Yes, they are. They're so back. I sure hope so. I yeah. sure hope so. 
Joseph Kennedy with, uh, I believe, a second super chat. Thank you very much. Did the defense blitz a lot? If so, why? Because that's who Al Golden is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, I mean, it, look. It, go ahead, Vince, because you and I talked about this on the drive home. You, yeah, you're on the same I mean, page. Go ahead. Yeah, and it's 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 part of what they want to do. I mean, they want to trigger their linebackers. They want to do some different things, and and what they wanted to do early was kind of stalemate the defensive line to allow those linebackers to be triggered and and things of that nature. And it's like, okay, you know. I don't know that that's what I would have done, but okay, that's what they were doing. And then later on, they kind of he kind of changed it up and allowed those defensive linemen to get after it. And so like that a little bit better, right? But that's just the game plan that they had coming in. I mean, and you know, you're not just going to sit in your base and let Tennessee do Tennessee State do what they want. You know, you've got to mix it up and do some different things. I just don't know that I would have done it that way. Detroit Hunter with the super chat. Thank you very much. Guys, looks like uh, Vince and get that clean. Pull. He's saying oh. look like Vince. There we go. Okay, makes sense now. Guys, look like Vince. Get that clean pullover. Go Irish. Go IB Nation. I've just got Do you the have, polo you don't have on your today. pullover today. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I've just got the polo on today because it was a little hot in the yeah. stadium. I didn't need the I brought long my pullover sleeves. just in case because yeah, it was, it, I sometimes get a little bit cold in the press box, but I didn't. It's fair, but yeah, it, it's a non-pullover day, yeah. but it's coming, guys. It, yeah. I, I still went with the game day what, whites. What's funny is you have the game day whites and the white pullover. I have the blue and the blue, blue pullover. pullover. That's right. right. You're so, home. I'm on a way. That's how we're going to roll here. Well, you know, the boss always, you know, the head coach is always supposed to look a little different than the, than the assistant. So <laughs> you're not wrong. They got to see, they got to see me on the sideline for the signals. That's right. All right. That's right. That's right. That's right. All right. <laughs> Andre Tonsil. Uh, let's see here. Dominant defense and an efficient offense lead good game, uh, lead good teams to greatness. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Look, you know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't call the defense dominant today from a like it was a great game plan and they executed it flawlessly. They were dominant today because they are way better than Tennessee State. But I will say this, even with some of the things I need to see better from the defense, Vince, through two games, they play hard. Yes. And they play fast. They just they got mistakes they got to clean up, just like a lot of teams do in week one. Right. But they played. That's the thing is like, that's why I'm, that's why I'm not overreacting too much to the, the mistakes on defense today. Yeah. They got to get better. They got to clean some stuff up, but man, they, they played hard. They played hard. And that's what I like to see. And that's the stuff that you can't just flip that switch. You know what I mean? It's like either you have a defense that plays with passion and hard and aggressive, or you don't like that. That's at least been my experience. And when I have a defense that just flies around, they play hard, they play fast, they they play aggressive. Like you can you can tweak yes. some things and fix some yes. things and be okay. Yes. You can't flip the switch on the other stuff. Yes. You know what I mean? Yep. You either have it or you don't. And I think yeah. this team has that. Now I want to yeah. see more of it, but right. I think this team has it. Uh, uh, eventually that stuff's got to get cleaned up, Vince. The missed tackles, the the, the losing contain, the you know, not being in a position on this play or that play, not not blocking this play well, effective. Like, like even the offensive line. Like, I didn't think the offensive line played that well, but I never was like, dude, they're not even trying today. They're not even playing hard today. Like, yeah, I thought Blake fl- Fisher was really yeah. sloppy today. But it wasn't right. like a man. Blake's being lazy today. It wasn't that. It was just his footwork was getting him in trouble. He he missed a, a read on a guy. He overset on a on a backside run. Let a guy be, get in front of him. It was never. It was never these two. Like they were sloppy because they weren't focused because they knew they were playing a team that was bad. 
but it was never, dude, they're not even giving effort today. They're just going through the motions today. It wasn't that. That would concern me, Vince. If it was like, because that switch you can't turn on, right? Like that switch you don't just say, hey, okay, now we're ticked off. We're going to go. They were always playing hard. They just had to kind of zero in a little bit. And and that's an important thing. And and no, I'm not happy that they came out sloppy and didn't have a lot of urgency on either side of the ball. I'm not happy about that. And I'm sure Marcus Freeman's not happy about that either. But any coach will tell you, I can live with that. I can live with mistakes. I can live with missed tackles. I can live with a guy being out of position. I can live with a, a, a missed assignment. I can live with a, a bad footwork from a running from a running back. I can live with bad footwork from an offensive lineman. I can live with you know, a receiver not running the route the proper distance. I can live with that after one or two games because that's all correctable. I can live with it as long as I'm seeing the effort and I'm seeing the toughness and the fight. And that's what we've seen from this team. There's stuff that's got to get cleaned up like now because you've got a really good football team you're going to face next week at their place. That's got to get cleaned up. But the foundation is strong, and that's what we're talking about, Vince, right? Like the foundation is there. All the other stuff is get in the film room, get on the practice field, correct that. But Marcus Freeman's not sitting in his office tonight like, guys, I got to figure out what buttons to push to get this team to play hard. All right, exactly. I, I got to figure out what buttons to push to get this team to play together, to get them to, to, to care about each other, to get them to play as one, to, to have each other's back. I got to figure out ways to push those buttons, man, because this team just doesn't have that. That's not what Marcus Freeman's worried about tonight. Right. He, he's in the film room probably right now because he likes to watch it film afterwards. And he's like, man, we got to clean that up. He's making notes. We got to we got to be in better position here on kickoff coverage. We got to be in better position here on when the quarterback gets outside against Brennan Armstrong. We you know we make those mistakes against number against Brennan Armstrong next week, or you know against Riley Leonard, or against Caleb Williams. Or, you know what I mean, just Cade Klubnik, you go down the line, you make those mistakes against those guys, they're going to hurt you a lot more than the kids from Tennessee State did. We got to clean that up. Got to clean that up. Got to clean that up. But what he's going to like about this team is like, look, guys, pads were popping. We were playing hard. We didn't have the focus we needed to. But the reason they scored in their first drive, Vince, is because they were still going hard. And Because if you don't go hard, the talent doesn't rise to the top. Not right, the way that exactly. they did today. Not the way that it did today. And I, that's that's the foundation that you start saying, hey, look, we're, we're, we're going to be all right. If you're a coach, we're going to be all right now. We've got to clean this crap up, right? You're not happy about that. But the foundation is is there to build upon. And that's where you want to be after two games. Again, 98 to 6, guys. 98 to 6. That's the, that's the score for Notre Dame right. the last two weeks. Right. Here's Big a picture. great stat. So, so for those of you that want to watch more about football tonight, Bill Trochi and Bill Bender are going to go live around 1130 tonight on CFB Nation. They're going to do a live post saturday week nice. one show tonight uh so but but so bill trochi actually just sent me he's one of the hosts of, of the cfp nation he just sent me a stat this is crazy uh he said the last time that notre dame did not give up a touchdown in its first two games 1975 wow yeah 1975 so that's um that's pretty good yeah right? that's that's pretty good 1975 that's the last time notre dame uh, that was year one of Dan Devine, and they beat Boston College seventeen to three, and they beat Purdue seventeen to nothing. Notre Dame has scored basically outscored more than that today in the first half. Yeah, uh, of, in those two games. So yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a good foundation. Now <laughs> clean some stuff up and get rolling. That, 
And here, typical Notre Dame fan should have yeah. been 101 to six. No. I love it. Just set the well, bar up here, but baby. No, but hey, he's right though, dude. Make the he's field goal. Right. Make yeah, the no, field goal against Navy. 100. percent Right. 100. percent I just thought don't, that was don't funny. Don't get joke. a freaking false start on for, and this is what a good coach yeah. should do. Hey exactly. guys, I know we won 56 to one, but we can't be missing field goals like that. We can't yep. be going false start on a fourth and one when we're trying to go right. Like right. you hammer that stuff because that's the stuff that you got to correct. You don't just accept it because, well, it's 42 to nothing or 42 to three. We're fine. No big deal. No, it is a big deal because it's showing me a lack of discipline and, and a lack of focus. And those things got to get corrected. But it was never like a, you know, boys team just isn't playing hard. And that, again, that's that's where you want to be, man. That's where you want to be. Right. Irish and Ohio, fellas, how concerned are you with tackling? Seems like first guy misses in space every time other than that. Great game. Go Irish. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm concerned about it. Yeah, it's a concern. Yeah, because they should be tackling better in space. And that's what teams like this are going to do. They want to get you in space and they want to have it. You know, they want to be kind of a one on one situation because maybe they got a shot. Right there. They don't have a shot just banging their head against the wall and going right up against the, you know, Notre Dame's midsection. They want to get Notre Dame in space. And Notre Dame didn't do great in space today. They didn't. Right. It is concerning. Is it? Am I like, oh, the sky is falling? No. They're going to get killed by so-and-so. No. But yeah. but it is something they need to clean up. There's no doubt about that. No doubt. Yep. Good stuff here so far, everybody. Let's get keep rocking and rolling. Michael S. Defense seemed to have trouble with a running quarterback. Not a good sign with Armstrong ahead. Your thoughts again? We we need to we need to make sure that we don't overreact to certain things. Again, right? You're making a tra- you're making a transition from preparing for the triple option to what you saw today. They made mistakes, right? That now you got to clean it up. But but you got to clean it up for the reason you said, Michael, because it didn't hurt you today because the quarterback you played today wasn't dynamic enough or good enough, and the line wasn't good enough to make you pay for not have a contain, you know, a little soft up the middle on some of the, the quarterback runs. Yeah. You got it. You got to clean that stuff up. You got to clean that stuff up uh, because the next, the next guy is going to be able to hurt you. Absolutely. Um, it, it, you know, am I, am I worried about it? Uh, no, no, it's from a coaching standpoint, it's not a worry. It's a, we got to clean this up. We got to get better here. Right. Got to get better yep. here, but that's where you can get exposed sometimes as a blitzing team. Because if you blitz and it doesn't hit home, you're going to have – there's going to be a crease for a good quarterback to hit. And that's why, to me, I've always felt I like being strategic with my pressures. I don't just like being a guy that blitzes all the time, right? Because I think you – you especially against a mobile quarterback, you can't – you can make those mistakes. Like, for me, I want to leave Brennan Brennan – I want to keep Brennan Armstrong in the pocket, make him read defense read, – read, go through reads the whole game. Let your let your D lineman eat a little bit. Yeah, you can bring your some pressures in certain situations, but you know you got to be more strategic with it. And 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 I like a I like a good blitz package. I just like a little less volume of a blitz package, and that's kind of something that I would like to see change a little bit. That's just that's just my two cents, Vince. Enigma with the super chat under. Thank you very much, by the way. Mm-hmm. Under the one who remains nameless. When was the last time we saw the two-minute drill score in consecutive games? I'd have Man. to think about that. Um, I mean, I'd, I may have to go through and think about that. Uh, obviously, let's uh, – yeah, it's a good question. I'm not quite sure the answer on that one. Yeah. I kinda, I, I didn't, mean, that's... didn't they 
No, because Michael Mayer dropped a pass. They would have done that at the beginning of the 2021 season because they had that late two-minute drive against Florida State, and then Mayer dropped that pass, and that forced them to go to overtime. But And then they had the game winner against Toledo that next week. So I'd, I'd have to think about that one. I'd have to think about that one, to be honest with you. So I, I, I don't mean, have an answer for you. To your point, Enigma, the, the two-minute drill looks very smooth and very yeah. efficient in on this team with yeah. with this group it, they, it does and it's it's fun to watch to be honest with you yeah it was it definitely was yeah trash i love it i love that name trash <laughs> pretty fitting for his comment too when you think about because like it's fitting that well, the referees were that yes he says they definitely uh, thanks, were that today thanks for the super chat trash uh rest were horrible i get giving the underdog a chance but that was just horrible good win Let's get ready for NC State. And and look, I know it sounds cliche, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's about player safety, right? That's what the whole targeting rule is about. It's about player safety. Right. The refs did not keep players safe today. No. It, that that's the bottom line here. It's one thing you miss a holding call or you you know do something like that. Okay, I get it. You're human. But you missed a terrible targeting call which put a kid on the sideline for the rest of the game. It was a safety issue, and you blew it. You blew it. That's a problem that I have. You're always preaching safety. We're changing the clock rules for safety. We're doing safety. Get your crap together when it comes to targeting and keep these kids safe because that's not right. happening. Because my thing is if, if, if they would have been consistent with it, I'd have less of a beef. Absolutely. If they wouldn't have called the one on Devin Ford and then also didn't call the one on Tony Carr, say, look, okay, I get it. They were incidental because that's yep. how the that's how it should be. I mean, that yes, like to me, I didn't think the hit on Devin Ford was a dirty one, but it was to me textbook targeting. It was helmet to helmet, like you know, I mean, like I I don't think hitting a guy in the head when it's incidental should be a penalty the way that way because again, right. the guy was going down. But if you're going to call it there, then you needed to call it there. And that's my problem. But it wasn't just that. It was the pass interference on, on Clarence Lewis. That yeah. referee had no angle on that play. That, to me, should not have been pass interference. There's a couple other plays where just like, what are you guys doing? Like, it just, yeah, it was a poorly officiated game. Yeah, Poorly officiated was. game. Got a super sticker from Bronx ND fan. Thank you. I haven't seen you in a while on the shows, man. So I'm glad to, glad to see you. Appreciate you very much. Mark one with the super chat. Thank you very much. Question. Why was Ford back on kickoffs when we have so much speed to pick from on the roster? Well, he's one of them. Well, yeah, he's, I mean, he's one of them. <laughs> he's he's yeah. one of those guys. Yeah. And and look, they had uh, they had Love and him back there, right? If I'm not mistaken, right? I don't. I didn't see who the other the up back was. Okay. E- either way, I think if you look at the stable of running backs, right? I think Devin Ford is one of the guys that may not get as many touches from the backfield as some of the other guys, especially as the season starts to wear on. So. He's a great kid. He came to Notre Dame as yeah. a transfer. So what do you do? You put him on kickoff return. Right. I, that's absolutely no, a, good, a great spot. And, and for Devin's him. a pretty quick kid too. Like yeah, he's a for good sure. make you miss kind. He's not as yep. fast as some of the other running backs, but he's he's got some make you miss ability. And in, yeah, in the return game, you need a little make make you miss yep. ability. So I mean, I'm fine with it. And yeah. I think they're trying to break. I mean, and plus, obviously, clearly Jeremiah Love was built into the game plan offensively. So is Jaden right. Price. So it's not. You know, those guys are getting touches on offense, and then Devin's getting touches in the, in the special team. So it's also a way to kind of spread those touches out with other to other players, and I I think that makes yeah that makes part of it as well to me. 
Anthony Solomon with the super chat. Thank you so much. He says, thanks for the show, gentlemen. You know what, Anthony? You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah, appreciate that, Anthony, very much. Another one from Ed3. Great show, Ed. guys. Appreciate you, Ed. Thank you for that, Love man. It. Thank appreciate you. Appreciate you. Bishop Fife. thank you for another super chat. This is off topic, but I saw that Drew Pine was out for ASU's game due to injury. Do either of you know the story there? Hamstring, it right? tore his hamstring, I believe, in camp. Oh, like, he, he was he actually, at the, yeah, I think so. At the time, he Ooh. was the number one quarterback. He was expected to start. Uh, at that time, I mean, it was kind of middle of fall camp, and and my understand I could be wrong, so you know, but I, my understanding was I thought I read that he tore it, like he's going to be out for a while. He's going to be out for a little while, for sure, for mm-hmm. sure. But yeah, that's he, that was he, the bummer there. If he tore it, that really stinks. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah Get- absolutely. Yeah, from our guy Gideon, uh, do you think that Jaden Greathouse should have played more? I felt like Rico played way more today. I don't think well, they, so. they play different positions. I mean, well, that's true. Do I think Jaden should have played more? I mean, look, they're rotating those receivers in quite a bit. I mean, so they all play. Yeah, it's so a heavy I, rotation I had, for sure. I had no issue with the amount of snaps that, that Rico – again, Rico's playing outside receiver. Jaden's playing slot. And they were in and a there lot were some, of 12 th- personnel yeah, today too. Yeah. Now that's something that, to me, we'll talk about – well, we'll talk about that more tomorrow. We'll, we'll, we're we're going to have some conversations about that tomorrow. Let's go down. We got. We want to get through some of the team questions, and then there's another question about some of the games today that we'll we'll get to as well. Jacob Mears, question: What good things did we see that will translate to other opponents? What good things did we see that won't translate to other opponents? Then vice versa for the bad things. He's just giving us show topics. That's what he's doing. Yeah, which I like. I mean, look, Vince. (laughs) We talked about this, and I'll let you kind of give your impression on it. But the biggest thing is. You know, the the focus wasn't always there today, but the thing that I love, and, and you and I have said this, is as coaches, what you don't want to have to teach is to get, if you're having to push guys to play hard, to play fast, to be violent, you know, do those as a football player, if you're having to teach that, you've got a problem. And that's not what we saw today. That translates. Because if you're playing at least hard against Tennessee State, I know you're going to play hard against NC State next week. Right? And so to me, that that more than anything – is what will translate. There's a lot of schematic things that'll be better, different, or whatever, but that's what this team needs to be. Is if you can bring that kind of effort for the most part every week, I think that's what you start feeling good about as a football team. No doubt. No doubt. And the and the efficiency, I mean, overall the, oh, gosh. the and we we said this after last week, right? It's the the offensive efficiency from from play caller all the way down into the game and then just the execution and and the overall efficiency of scoring touchdowns on touchdown drives. Again, for those of, of you that were not with us when we first started the show, you know, Sam Hartman has been in charge of 12 offensive drives at Notre in a Notre Dame uniform. They've scored touchdowns on 11 of those 12 and yeah. one was a missed field goal. Right. So efficiency man like that is huge to me yeah. right now no i'm i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure that sam hartman's not going to complete 83 percent of his passes for the rest of the year <laughs> right right fair but but when you are playing in fear opponent you're doing what you're supposed to do which he's completing over 80 percent of his passes right now because he was over 80 last week and he was over 80 again today yeah like that that level of efficiency events like you talk about is really impressive i mean we, we saw it last week 
you know, what was what was Notre Dame? They were like what seven point eight yards per play last week. Let me let me just look this up real quick. Their total offense last week they were seven point eight yards per play last week, which is really good. Uh, today they were eight point eight yards per play. So also really um, good. Yeah. So I'm just gonna kind of do the math here. What do they have? Five sixty seven today, Vince. Is that what their yard yardage total was today? Right? Was it uh, five five fifty seven? Sorry. So they were 557 today, 444 last week. So they've had 1,001 yards in two games. And then they had 63 plays today, 57 last week. So that's 120, correct? So yep. uh, divided by 120, that's 8.3 yards per play the last two weeks. Now, that's not sustainable right. from a from a raw number standpoint. Like Notre Dame will not end the season at 8.3 yards per play. They won't. But to your point, Vince, the efficiency aspect of it does translate. Because, like, the number one yards per play team in the country last year was Ohio State. They were at 7.28. They're not going to average 8.3 yards per play the rest of the year. But the point that Vince made that was was spot on was, but they're so – the efficient efficiency will come down when they play better opponents. But that foundation of being real efficient running the ball, being real efficient throwing the ball – those things translate, maybe not to that high number, you know. So maybe Sam Hartman doesn't complete eighty-three percent of his passes next week. He's only at seventy-three. Oh, still really good. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. Um, you know, and, and again, the other thing too is they average eleven point two yards per attempt today. They only average fourteen yards per completion. Right, like they've got to get more big plays. That's something that needs to still continue to get better. The lack of big plays in the pass game, and, and that includes two forty-yard touchdowns that came via running backs catching the ball not very far down the line of scrimmage, past line of scrimmage and making big plays. That's something that's still a little bit concerning. So when you talk about, you know, bad things, that doesn't all of a sudden get better just because you're now that you're playing better teams, it just gets better. you got to get better there. You've got to find more ways. And that's something that we said earlier is like, look, it's great that Sam Hartman's efficient, but one of the best things that Sam Hartman did as a quarterback at Wake Forest is throw the ball down the field. I want to see Notre Dame do that, throw the ball down the field more. And that would be something that 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 we have seen that that I don't like that I hope doesn't translate and carry over to 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 future games. They're going to have to get better there in my opinion. All right, let's get to some more here Vince. Yeah, this is an easy answer. All right, Michael has a great question. Apparently, there is no way that Jay Love gets a red shirt, right? Uh, no, you are correct. There is you no are way. correct. <laughs> there was well, so so there was another question about about Kenny Minchie in a red shirt, and so I I do want to address the red shirt thing first of all, Michael, uh, Mister Ruskinoff. No, there was never any intention of red shirting Jeremiah Love. That was never going to happen. He could still red shirt though. I mean, if he just he can still play two more games in redshirt. Like, let's just yeah, I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it. But yeah, if he plays four games and then isn't able to play anymore, then he would get a redshirt. The rule used to be you played a game, you were done. But now it's four games. You can play four games. You play more than four, and your 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 redshirt's blown. So there were, but there was never any intention of of getting Jeremiah Love right uh, redshirt. That was never that was never part of the plan. Nope. Uh, now, now uh, to the with Kenny Minchie now, people somebody asked about that. That he he still has three. He can play three more games before he's at risk of losing his redshirt. Right. 
So again, you can play four. So he can he can still play in three more games uh, beyond what he he uh, has already done. So and if, real quick, the four, go ahead. If the four game if the four game rule wasn't in place that and it's been in place for a couple a few years now, if that rule wasn't in place, you would not have seen Kenny Minchie no. get snaps today. No, they're not going to no. burn his red Correct. shirt on Tennessee State. Like for they know they've got against Tennessee State, yeah, right? But they exactly. know they've got four games to play with, and right. they're like, well, let's let's give them one because look. It's going to be rare that you get to your third string quarterback, okay? Right. And so they figure, hey, this is a great opportunity to get him some live snaps in Notre Dame Stadium. And they did. Yep. And I'm glad that they did. Yep. Agree. That was smart. I like that they did that. But yeah, he's uh Jeremiah Love's definitely not red shirting. He's a he's he's a dude. If anything, you're like, if you're the if you're the other running backs, including Audric Estime, you're like, um, I better step up my game. Because this guy's really good. <laughs> this guy's really good. And he wants and same with Jadarian Price. You're like, that guy's really good. That, that dude can ball. There's no doubt. Mark won with the super chat. Thanks, Mark. What do you guys think with Prime? Winner today, transferring 85% of his team with the portal. I listened to a little bit of that game before we got going. And Gus... Was it? I couldn't remember if it was Gus Johnson or, or Joel Klatt. One of the two said Deion Sanders arrived at Colorado at the perfect time because he couldn't have done this three, four years ago. That's he would have point. had to take that bad roster. Now, I, I want to see them do it more. Uh, and we had another question from from Tyler uh, uh, Bengi, but he, he, he brought it up too. But uh, look, I was impressed by what I saw from Colorado today. It, th- they won today for two reasons. One is they played really well and were coached really well. And two, TCU made a lot of dumb mistakes. I mean, they had two interceptions near the goal, one in the goal line, one in the end zone, one near the end zone. They were blowing coverages and all that. But you know what Colorado did when they did blow those coverages? They beat them. They burned them. They took advantage. That that it's not. Hey, it's not Shador Sanders' do that. fault yeah. that TCU blew coverages. So every time they did, you know what he did? Completed a pass for a big play. I mean, I was really impressed by it. My big question is, I just I I don't know how it's possible that that ty, ty, Travis Hunter is going to play over 100 snaps every game. I just don't see how that's possible. Yeah, that's crazy. I just don't. I mean, I don't. Especially it was over 100 degrees today. Yeah. If he repeats, I mean, if he repeats what he did today every game. Yeah, I mean, the, the guy's the Heisman Trophy winner, no right. doubt about it. Prime's right; he's a hundred percent right. I'll be waiting for him at home. Right? But that is that a sustainable thing? This isn't high school, guys. Like it, that's yeah. going to be really, really tough to do. Now, what they might do was maybe like some of the there might be some games that they decide to not do it. Right? You know, maybe there's some games they pull back a little bit on the offense or something. But, um. I, look, I, I thought they were very well coached today. They played hard. There are still some limitations on their roster from a certain personnel standpoint that TCU didn't take advantage of. But I was really impressed by what I saw from Colorado today. Very. I didn't think they had. A, I, I thought they'd keep it, you know, competitive for a while. I didn't think they could win this game. I didn't. That's a heck of a way for Coach Sanders to start his career, no doubt about it. And and Vince, you know, I, I want him to be successful. I've said that from day sure. one. Sure. Yeah. And and for a host of reasons, a host of reasons, but uh, that was a heck of a win for Colorado, and and, a, and a, honestly, it's it's a great win for the Big Twelve because I know it was a loss for the Big Twelve today, but Colorado is one of those programs that if they're run right, can be a powerhouse in the Big Twelve. I mean, they used to be, 
right? I mean, last time Notre Dame won a national title, that was a stretch where Colorado was really good. They won a championship yeah, two right. years later, and then they would have won a title in 89 if it wasn't for Notre Dame. I mean, Colorado went into the Orange Bowl in 89, ranked number one, not Miami. Colorado yeah. was. And Notre Dame smacked them, which allowed Miami to go win a title. Because I think Miami lost to, what, Florida State that year, I think? And so they beat Notre Dame. But what, what was Miami's re- – Who I, I'm pretty sure Miami had a loss that year. Yeah, they went 11 – yeah, they lost to Florida State at Florida State, 24 to 10. And actually, hold on a second. Wasn't Deion Sanders – on that 89 Florida State team? No, he was a first-round pick in 89, so his last year at Florida State was 88. But, uh, you know, look, I, people – and, and I, I talked about this summer. Everybody, oh, I can't believe he's, you know, getting rid of all those players. And I'm like, why? That's the rules. Yeah, he's not he's breaking not supposed any to take rules. advantage of the rules that somebody else put in place? Why? Why? Because you don't like it? If you don't like it, change the rules. Like what I get mad about is when guys cheat. Like I can't stand when when coaches are like offering players, and if he's doing that, that's wrong. But I promise you, he didn't need to offer Travis Hunter a penny to get him to follow him. Travis Hunter was going to no. follow Deion. Deion Sanders got hired at Anchorage University. He was going to start a football team from scratch at Anchorage University. Travis Hunter's going to Anchorage University to play for Deion Sanders. Yep, no doubt about right. it. That's the reality of it. And and here's another thing, his quarterback, you know, Deion Sanders has been given improper benefits to the quarterback transfer he had. He's been he put the diapers on that kid. He's been feeding that kid for 20 years. Yeah, that's that's not I'm joking because that's his, his son is the quarterback, right? But he he's taking advantage of the rules. Why why would he not do that? And it's you know what? It's worked so far. One game, yeah. one game. Yeah, but one worked. game down. You beat one the defending national runners up. That's he's a got heck all, of a way for him to announce his authority in that conference. And he's got all the bulletin board material that he needs. He's like, nobody yeah. believed in us. That's right. You know, the whole the whole song and dance, man. He had it ready to go. And yep. he's, he is playing that fiddle. And, and he should. You know, that's 100%. He should. Absolutely. What was Ryan and I saying about Colorado? TC was going to win. That's still not a very good roster. I mean, we were down. I was doubting it. I'll, I'll own it. I was. Yep. I didn't think they were going to win that game. They got some good players, but I mean, these guys aren't going to go out there and do that in game one. No. Well, no. I mean, I was saying if they go six and six this year, Dion should be coach of the year in the Pac-12. Yeah. And if they go six and six, I mean, you know, again, one game. Let's not overreact. But that one game was against a pretty good team. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah. Yeah. That was a heck of a heck of a win. Yep. Heck of a win. I, this was a great comment from Andre Tonsil, and this is really what it boils down to. Andre says, can't expect perfection every week, but building blocks are there. I, I will agree with the second part. You should always ex- you should always demand perfection because if – well, you're never going to be perfect. That means you've always got something to work towards. Yeah, demanding yes, I and should. expecting are two right. different things. Right. Yeah, I always demand perfection. Yeah. But to your point, Andre, is there are certain building blocks you look at and say, hey, we're not where we need to be yet, but keep doing this. Keep doing what you're doing right there, and then we'll fix this other stuff. And like you said, Andre, those those building blocks, those foundational blocks are certainly there. And those are those are yep. good things. Yep. Those absolutely. are good things. You demand perfection. That's right. You demand it. That's why it's right. the whole shoot for the stars, land on the moon kind of thing. Like yep. you always shoot for perfection. And you get as darn yep. near close to it as you can. And when you're not there, you coach it up. Man, that's that's how yep. it goes. That's how it goes. That's that's football, that's sports, that's life. That's right. I'm getting deep over here. Yes, you are. Andre and Charlie Weiss's last belt loop. Are you not entertained? Sam Hartman. Yeah, thank you for the (laughs) super chat, buddy. 
I did enjoy the uh, after he flipped into the end zone. He did the whole to the whole crowd like that was awesome. He's got swagger. Oh yeah, right. That kid's got swagger. <clears throat> yep, and and I like that. He bet on you know? himself, and because it, it bleeds himself. into the it bleeds into other people. Yeah. Camden Hirschberger, Brian. Do you know how wide the gap was between Angelo and oh Angeli? It's like Angelo, he's a new player. Angeli and Minchi prior to this game. I don't. I don't. Hey Vince, can you take the next couple of questions? I gotta go check on something here real quick. I certainly can. All right. So Brian's gonna exit stage left for a moment. Let's see what other questions we've got. All right. So that one has been asked. Yeah. I, I, let me just let me just uh elaborate on this just a little bit, uh, Camden. I think that we we talked a lot about the fact that we thought that maybe Minchie would overtake or you know, one of those kinds of things. To to Steve Angeli's credit, that didn't happen during fall camp. You know, I don't know how close things got, but Angeli was number two going in and he was number two coming out. So you know, he must have done enough to kind of keep his place, you know, and he didn't play great today, but his stat line's looking pretty stinking good. Two touchdowns. I think he was like eight of 11 or something along those lines. Let me check here just so I uh, am uh, speaking truths. Yeah. Eight of 11, 130 yards, two touchdowns, 73% completion percentage. He had a two, 232 quarterback rating. Okay. So he played pretty well. And then Kenny Minchie comes in and goes two for two for 12 yards. So, you know, I think Steve Angeli's, the fact that he's been in the program a little bit longer, you know, a whole year longer, he has more of a grasp on the offense, things of that nature. So, you know, athletically, obviously one is more talented than the other, but from a complete standpoint, I think Angeli still is holding on to number two. Uh, good for him. I think that's awesome. I'm just going to go right down the line here with questions that Brian already has starred. Josh Phillips, should be should we be worried about the lack of productions from the wide receivers today, though? Well, no, I don't think you should be worried about it because, you know, Sam Hardman hit 10 different receivers in the first half, you know, or re- receiving targets in the first half. He's going to throw it to whoever's open. Now, there, there are some things that the wide receivers need to do better, and that's one of the things that Brian and I are going to take a look at when we're watching the game back later on tonight and tomorrow. And we're going to talk about that. And upon further review, but I'm not worried about the numbers right now. Look, the wide receivers came in clutch on some third downs when they needed to, you know, Sam Hartman was able to find those guys. They made plays. There was no egregious drops today that I can remember off the top of my head. I mean, they're out there playing and Sam Hartman's going to find the open guy. So I think the level needs to jump a little bit. You know, as as they go, it needs to keep climbing. But at this point, no, I'm not worried about the lack of production by the wide receivers. Brian, what do you think about that? I would say that I'm worried. I think I think you can two things can be true at once. Number one is does the production of receiver need to get a little better? Yeah, it does. Am I worried about it? No. Uh, to your point, Vince, because number one, they are spreading the ball around. They have literally not been in a comp- had a competitive snap in the second half of a game yet. Mm-hmm. And here's the deal: like Sam Hartman threw for 190 some yards in the first half. If this game was a shootout, let's just say they were playing a team. Let's say Tennessee State was offensively just killing it today, and they were matching Notre Dame score for score. Well, Sam Hartman stays in the game, and they end up throwing for 400 yards 
in the game, right? Like, and, and now all of a sudden, Jaden Thomas catches a I mean, How many passes did Jaden Thomas catch in the second half of the game today? I don't think he caught any. Maybe one, like a little quick tunnel screen, maybe. But like he had, he was on pace for 100 yards on how, based on how they played in the first half. I mean, I, I if anything, Josh, I, I think it's a fair question. But the reason I'm not worried too is because like Vince talked about how they're spreading the ball around. But the other thing too is, is when you're, when you're playing the way you're playing and you haven't had a breakout performance from the receivers yet, like that's pretty good, right? Like, cause it's going to, they're going to get better. We've seen Deion Colsey go off. We've seen Jaden Thomas go off. We've seen Tobias Merriweather get deep. Those are all things that will come. Now we need to see it, right? And and so I, I do want to see them continue to improve in certain areas and and play with a little bit more urgency and different things like that, but I'm not worried about it yet. I'll be worried if they aren't making plays next week. They just haven't needed it, really, Vince. I mean, that's part of the thing, too, is they haven't really yeah. needed them to, to – Yeah. but when they have needed them to play, like they haven't needed the – look, they didn't need the tight ends so far in the first two games. But you know what? They did on that two-minute drive and boom, 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 touchdown. Right, they just haven't needed to rely on that, and that's part of thing. The thing too that you guys have to to think about is that because the ball has been spread around so much, and just kind of everybody's getting open, you know, that's you're you're not going to have one guy go off. I mean, it's like we went we went last year to complaining about how the quarterback always zeroes in on one guy, and now it's kind of like we're worried because not one guy's not going off. It's like, guys, isn't this what you wanted? Yeah, you wanted the ball spread around. Sam Hartman is reading the defense and going where the ball needs to putting the ball where it needs to go. That's kind of what we were complaining about not getting all of last year. Yeah, yep. I look. I love the fact that the ball's being spread around and that and that it, it, it's a situation where you know the open guy going through progressions, blah blah blah. We've said it a million times, but not but when it gets down to a time where a wide receiver needs to make a play, let's see if it happens. That's the question, Vince. Where will they be when it's a money time? Because look, Notre Dame's yes. yeah, not going to beat every opponent they play by 39 or more. Yeah, they're they going to have some <laughs> game. They're going to have a game. At least there's going to be games. They're going to have to come back. Sure. There's going to be games. They're going to have to win late. There's going to have to be games where they have to hold a team off. You know, like you're up four. You need a first down to put the game away. It's third nine. Who makes the play? We don't right. know that about this team yet, partly because they've killed everybody they've played so far, right? I mean, so it's it's the unknown because of the circumstances of the game. We need to learn those things. And, and so to me, that's still a question mark. But there's a difference between something being a question mark and something being a concern. Right. That's kind of where I'm at right now. It's, it's like, okay, need to see it. But I don't know that the circumstances of – have needed it because last week it's like, okay, you got into a two minute last week and Jaden Thomas makes play brain Lint, you know, Chris Tyree makes a play and you got, and you're good to go today. It was the tight ends making those plays. That's a good thing. Yep. That's a good thing. That's where you want to be. That's a, that's a good place to be. It's a really good place to be now to Vince's point. We're going to find out if they can be that guy. Yeah. Cause they're going to need them. They're going to need the wide receivers to step up at some point. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And let's see if they, if they do. That's right. All right, we got a few more. Tenday, our guy. Here we go. Do you think Dylan Edwards would have cracked that running back room as much as I would have loved him with us? It seems he's a better fit over there, meaning Colorado. 
you'd have found a way to get Dylan Edwards the football. I think Dylan Dylan was being recruited at Notre Dame as more of kind of a slot guy. So he'd be basically playing where Chris Tyree is playing more so than a running back. He'd have had a tougher time getting into the running back room because, yeah, he looked yeah. great today. But my my whole point is kind of like, yeah, he looked great today. But Notre Dame's, like you said, Notre Dame's guys look pretty flipping good too. Dylan just got a lot more opportunities because there's just one of him. It's kind of like there was a great comment that Lou Samoji made to me when when we were talking one time about the 2012 Notre Dame game because a lot of you don't know this. Lou didn't travel to road games because we had the post-game magazine we had to do. And Lou just felt it was easier to write and do – you know, Vince – to write and edit and do all the stuff he needed to do from because you have to drive back to the hotel and you know so he would be home and he would do all this he didn't travel to road games but he went to the title game in 2012 and he made this comment to me and he said i remember sitting there and he said i look at stefan too and i'm like that guy belongs on a field with alabama because that's that's a man. And then he looked over, he said, but here's the issue. He goes, I looked over at Bama's sideline and they had five Stefan to it. Now, not that they were as good as Stefan to it, but like that kind of mountain of a man, right? Like it was like Stefan to it. And then it's like, you know, like he actually said eight of them. He's, they got eight, eight guys like that. And that's the difference, right? Mm-hmm. Is, you know, and then when you look at Dylan Edwards today, Vince, his impact didn't come as a running back. His impact came in the pass game. Right. He was getting, he was catching a ball out. Of, he only had 24 yards rushing. He he did damage out of the backfield. He had like the little swing route and things like that. So that would have been more of where he would have been. That would have been more of where he would have had an impact. Would he have, again, he doesn't have to beat out Chris Tyree at Colorado. He doesn't have to beat out Jaden Greathouse at Colorado. Those things help. But that's what a loaded team is. Cause like, it's like this sometimes you say, well, you know, this guy went to another school and he's really playing well. And the guy we took isn't playing well. I'm like, yeah, cause the guy we took, at Notre Dame is backing up this really good player where the school this kid went to is the, he's starting because who else was going to start? They went one and 11 last year. They were terrible. Yeah. Um. You know, but, but he's a good football player. We all knew that. That's why they wanted him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Tyler Evans with a super chat. Have you seen other scores or the games that surprised you? Um. Let me let, actually, you know what, Tyler? I'm going to take this one down. Let's answer that one later so I can actually look at scores while we're doing some other yeah. stuff today. So, yeah, I'll bring that up. Bring that up. Yeah. Mike Farino with the super chat. Thank you very much. How's it going today? It's going well, Mike. Thank yeah. you. Didn't really watch the Notre Dame game, was way too busy cursing at the Buckeyes. Is the score pretty much how the game went? Um, yeah. I mean, Mike, Mike's, a, Mike's one of the Ohio State fans that comes into our chat, by the way. Uh, just for some of you are like, why is this guy talking about Ohio State? Mike's an Ohio State fan. Uh, kind of Mike. I, I mean, look, Notre Dame was the way more talented team today, and they played like it. They were sloppy at times, but they played hard and they dominated. I mean, what was it, 35? Yeah, it's weird. I don't know why that's happening, Vince. So it's just whatever, stream yard. But uh, look, I think what did they scored one offensive touchdown in the second half or two offensive touchdowns in the second half, right? And then a pick six in the second half. I mean, they, they had 35 at halftime. They could have they could hung 70 on Tennessee State if they wanted to. But they pulled their start at halftime. So, yeah, it, it pretty much went the way the score shows. So, yeah. But, hey, man, look, Mike, you got the W. Game one, man. Don't don't stress out. I promise you Ohio State's going to score more than 23 points a game this year. Just one game, right? Just work the kinks out. But, yeah, that's a that's – a, mm. 
It's an interesting one. Very interesting one. Matt Lee. Uh, okay, here we go. NC State has a lot to worry about knowing that they'll have four running backs to deal with. Right, Vincent Bryan? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it's not just that, but then they got to deal with Holton Stace and Mitchell Evans and Jaden Thomas and Chris Tyree and Jane Greathouse and Tobias Merriweather and Rico Flores and Blake Fisher and Joe Walt and Sam Hart. And that's what right. gets you excited is like, look, yeah, that Notre Dame's still got a lot to work on, right? But, man, there's a lot there. there look, there's a lot there. The way – look, Notre Dame's offense right now, two games, right? We, we've given you the numbers. We've talked about, you know, the, the scoring drives and all of that. A defensive coordinator is going to watch the film. He's going to look at the stat sheet, and he's going to see, oh, crap. Well, this guy got – you know, Hartman found nine different receivers in game one. He found ten different receivers in game two. Okay, so the passing game is going to be a problem. Oh, wait, they've got this stable of running backs that not only can run between the tackles and run outside, but they're also a threat to catch the ball, you know. And then they've got these bookend tackles that there's plenty of NFL teams that wouldn't mind having these two on their roster. Hmm. What do I take away? You know what I mean? So it's a conundrum for any defensive coordinator, right? So this is a great place to be if you're a Notre Dame fan, folks. Now, this game is not going to – they're not not—they're not going to walk into NC State Stadium and, and NC State's be like, yeah, you guys are right. We forfeit. You're, just, you're too good right. for us. That's not going to happen. Like, this is going to be a game. But Notre Dame's got a lot going for them offensively, folks, especially after two games. Let's see if they can build on this, you know, throughout the season. But right now, on paper and on film, Notre Dame's very dangerous. Yeah. It's fun, man. It's fun to be a Notre Dame fan right now. Yep, it really is. It really is. I hope it continues, but yeah, it is a lot of fun right now. Rick Rick. Yes, a team that has to improve, but my eyes tell me that is easily the closest Notre Dame team to an SEC talent and depth that we've had. Yeah, that's fair. That, that's fair. I mean, I, I would I would argue that talent-wise, the 2015 team was there. And we had this conversation the other day, Vince. I mean, that was uh, – I mean, you got Jalen Smith, Will Fuller, C.J. Prosize, Josh Adams, Kabari Russell, Cole Luke. I mean, that team had some dudes. This team is very deep. I mean, even when you're putting your backups on the field, you're like, these guys are really talented. You know, that's why Tennessee State didn't threaten to score on the third – I mean, they were putting third-team guys in there, and Tennessee State still couldn't really move the ball. Yeah, exactly. Just because it's like, yeah, our third-team guy's starter for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just the and, reality and- of it. And that's the that's the reality of an upper power five team and an FCS team, right? I mean, that's just yeah. that is what it is. Notre Dame's walk-ons had D one scholarship offers. Okay, that's yes. where we're at. Some of them, and, absolutely, and, absolutely. And that's just <laughs> you know what I mean. I, you know, I, I believe Justin Fisher had an offer from a service academy. You got the two guys that came in, you know, this year who had offers from D one schools. Like that's your walk-on group, guys, and. They're playing an FCS team. Every one of those kids would have played. There's no doubt in yeah. my mind. Yep. Absolutely. Joseph Steve, I was curious how you gentlemen felt about the pass rush. It seemed like they were pressuring, but not quite getting there. I I don't really – I've said this before, Vince. I don't really care about sacks. I've said this before. This is not new for me. I care about disruptions. And the quarterback could not set his feet in the pocket today. If the linebackers and defensive ends, when they were in contain, would have done a better job of keeping contain, 
the pass rush is, is fine. I mean, they forced a lot of incompletions. The quarterback could not set his feet. Yeah, they didn't get a sack, but that pressure right up the middle by Howard Cross forced an interception. Hey, you know what I would have rather had on that play than a Howard Cross sack? A Ramon Henderson interception. Right? The pick six from uh, from Clarence Lewis. I can't remember who it was, but there was a pressure on the play. Quarterback was trying to get rid of the ball. You know what I'd rather have than a sack? A Clarence Lewis pick six. Yeah, right. Right? So Good call. I mean, yeah, it's nice to have – pressures but look there now there are some things all see at the same time joseph i wonder if his name is steve joseph or I, i'm not sure but anyway joseph steve the, the thing is is there are also some things that need to be corrected to where they should have hit home on a couple pressures you had a couple times they kind of took not the greatest angle on the outside and a couple times they lost contain up the middle a couple times they lost contain on the outside there are some things they needed to, need to do to get there but you'll never hear me look at sack numbers and say the pass rush wasn't good enough today. They only had one sack, right? Uh, now, it, that would be true if I said, like, they had three missed sacks. You got you to gotta bring the guy down. When you hit him, you got to bring him down. That wasn't the case today. They were very disruptive, I was what I'll say today, especially up the middle. Part of the reason, too, we didn't see quite as much from the edges. They were dropping Jordan Patelho into coverage quite a bit, from what I could tell. Or in a game they really were I, yeah. I i saw him drop multiple times in the first half yeah yeah and and he's yeah. arguably maybe not arguably your best pass rusher so well and, and he, but, know, he's, I, but we talked about in the show on friday vincent like that's that's one of the things he brings to the table is he does bring that that coverage element that oh, you yeah. can use yeah Makes and, him and he, right it, yeah exactly exactly yeah no, no doubt about it. I think uh, number four O might have something to say about it, but we'll see how that yeah, turns so out. Good. I want to see a third down package that has Burnham and Batejo on the field at the same time. Oh, like, yeah, that would be awesome, dude. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. I definitely want to see that. I definitely want to see that. I want to see a, a, a nickel package where you've got you've got Riley Mills up the middle. You've got Burnham and, and Batejo there and Jalen Sneed as one of your nickel linebackers. Good luck blocking that (laughs) on third nine. You know what I mean? Like just run a screen or a draw because that's about the only chance you're going to have. That was, yeah, oh boy. I I think this one is actually from John. So, because at the end of all these, like the first time I thought that it was Katie saying, just kidding, but I've seen it now three of them in a row. So John Keevers is Katie's husband. He's on, he's on, he's a member of the site too. So I think this is actually John posting under Katie's handle and that's why he's putting JK. So I just wanted to throw that out there. So I think this is John. Oh, so he's not just kidding. That's just, yes, who he is. exactly. Gotcha. I think this is John. Ke- okay. I think the John, the JK equals John Keevers. I've been spending so too that's, much that's time what with I'm high thinking. school kids. So, yeah. So right. John, actually, if you can let me know if I'm, if I'm correct on that <laughs> down there, but I think, I think that's what, uh, Yeah. So he's not kidding about the fact that he wants to know at what point in the season will they take the training wheels off of Price. That's kind, of, but see, that's what I was thinking. It was just kidding, and then right. I saw all the other posts where it said the JK, and that's what made me think it's actually John. Uh, I would say maybe middle of the year, because here's here's the thing. Kiever's family is they don't need to <laughs> right now, right? Like they don't need to ramp up his touches. Like there was another question that was kind of similar to this. Somebody somebody said this. It was uh, let me find it. It was Marcus Kerr said this. He says I don't like how Jadarian Price is the fifth back. I think he should be your number two. Maybe it was just this the game though. Well, number one, he wasn't the fifth back. Just be, 
they have packages for different running backs. And sometimes the package that one guy's a part of gets put in there faster than before. But here's the other thing. The guy that was the number two back today, I believe, was Jeremiah Love. Because he came on the first series, and what did he do the first time he touched the ball? He went 36 yards for a touchdown. So to me, there's no need to ramp up Jadarian's workload right now. Why? What you're doing is working. you got some dudes back there. So, you know, there will be a game, Vince, where Jadarian will be hot, and you ride him. Yep, absolutely. But just right now, because of the depth that you have, I would take my time. Honestly, I would take my time. I mean, Jadarian's got two touchdowns already. And and he scored the first, what was it, first, second rushing touchdown of the season. I mean, he scored a touchdown in the first quarter against Navy last week because the package that, that he's a part of was in the game. So I don't I don't view, to, to Marcus's point, I'm not worried about, I don't view him as the fifth. I, I don't think it's like, it's like Audric's a starter, but then it's like, these are all part of, these are the, that's when the depth chart, it's or. And that really is accurate in this particular instance. It is really an or. And uh, I mean, it, it, look, it, it ain't broke. Don't fix it. Right. I mean, right. It, yeah, it's working. It's working. This is an interesting one, Vince. From Sloney. Is it possible they haven't opened up their full offense yet? I, I, I yeah. think there's a I think there's some truth to that for sure. I mean, it's legit. Look, somebody in the chat earlier said. You know, we were talking about, you know, the deep ball and all these different things. And 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 look, Brian and I were talking about it during the game. It's like, man, I wish they would just pull the trigger and go deep or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And and somebody in the chat said they had it, the great thing is they haven't needed to do that yet. Right. And and it's true, right? I mean, why do you have the deep ball in your arsenal? You have it for multiple reasons. Obviously, number one is you connect on it for a big play. Number two is you have the threat of the deep ball, so they need to respect it. So you can do some things underneath both in the passing game and in the run game, right? They haven't needed to. They've been able to pick apart defenses without that threat. Now they're going to be playing defenses that are better where they are going to need to have that deep threat. And so with that in mind, Sloney, I do think that they haven't really scratched the surface on what they want to do offensively from a full depth and breadth standpoint. Right. I think that's absolutely accurate. Yeah. Agree. Agree. Homer TD with the super chat. Thank you very much. 98 to six. I'm okay with that. Thanks guys for the show. So far. So good. Absolutely. If you had told me that that's going to be the combined score in the first two games, I've been like, okay, like, yep. Okay, cool, man. Like I'm good. I'll take it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll take it. Sign me up. (laughs) absolutely carlos garza since we got to see the young linebackers how do you feel about the depth there well unfortunately we didn't get to see see drake bone today because he was out i believe with a concussion but Jaden osbury looked really athletic (laughs) really athletic he's really athletic i like he's just chop he he felt like a a, like a racehorse in the gate you know what (laughs) i mean are you talking about that one? There was one play where like Jaden was yep. blitzing and he kept like, dang it. And the quarterback would like get up and then Jaden would like start. And then the guy would look around and Jaden's like, oh, you know, back up. And like, oh. and I, was like, yeah. I was like, that kid wants to blitz so dang bad right now. <laughs> he was. It was like they just put him in the starting gate as like a racehorse. He's like, yeah. come on. Yeah, it was great. I thought that was awesome. I thought that was awesome. 
So it was it was good to see. But uh, look, the depth is still unproven there. And then Nolan Ziegler being out is something that's hurt their depth a little bit. But you know, Jalen Sneeds played a lot the first two weeks, and and that's good. They were they were playing a lot of nickel today. So we didn't see a ton of Jack Kaiser in the first half because yeah, they were playing a lot of up. nickel. And when Jack came in, he was kind of coming in as like the number two Mike, uh, you know, because you had Drake out and Nolan Ziegler out. So you have two, you're down two Mikes right now uh, behind JD. And so Jack actually played a lot there. They played a lot more nickel today. And I think that's what we're going to see more of that from Notre Dame yeah. in future games than we will see the base defense with three linebackers on the field. And so when you're in a two linebacker defense, your your depth is great because your depth now is Jack Kaiser and Jalen Sneed, then your freshman, as opposed to when you're in your, your four, three, and you've now have to have Jack as you know, on the field and, and you don't have him to rotate inside. So, uh, it's good so far. I'm happy for. It. I just want to say I would like. To, I wish yeah. Drake was healthy enough to play. That would have been nice to see. I I wish that Jalen Sneed would have stuck that kid in the open field. Yeah, you know that would have made yep. me feel a lot better about things. But he wasn't the Agreed. only one that was missing tackles. But like that one, I would have really liked to see him come down with. Agree. I agree. Sing, Kevin. All right. What is your very early take on Angeli as a potential starter for next year? For all the complaints about Buckner last year, and Jelly seemed even less ready to be a starter. Uh, I mean, yeah, on game two, uh, for a guy that's never played a meaningful snap before. I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not a Steve Angeli guy. Like, I think he's a great kid. And Vince, you just watch him in pregame. He's like that try-hard guy. So, like, yeah, you know, the, yeah. the quarterbacks finish a drill and they're heading over another section. And Steve's, like, full-out sprinting over there, you know, and the other guys are, like, just jogging, you know, like the other quarterbacks do. And and Steve's, like, in a full-on dead sprint, like, you know, got to get there, got to get there. He's that try-hard guy. I kind of like that about him, you know what I mean? But I just don't think he's super, like, super talented for a guy that you're going to want to go win a championship with at Notre Dame. I just, I just don't. And, and I, but, but that doesn't mean like that's not how I evaluate Steve. I don't evaluate Steve of is he going to be the guy next year? My eva- I evaluate Steve on is I think Steve Angeli could be a great backup quarterback that's going to come off the bench. He's going to be calm. He's going to be poised. He's a smart kid. He's a decent athlete. He can, you know, he can sustain, you know, extend plays and some things like that. Like that's a great kid to have as a backup quarterback. No, I don't think he's a starter at Notre Dame for a team that, that's going to compete for a championship. I just don't. I hope he proves me wrong, though. I am. I, I love the kid. I just when I just watch him throw the ball around, and I watch Kenny Minchie and Sam Hartman throw the ball around. There's just it's just different. It's different. This is different. You know, and and that's okay. Uh, I I've never said that Steve Angeli is going to be the guy. I, we've said all along if the, if they don't have this is why I want didn't want Tyler Buckner to leave because if something happens to Sam Hartman, I'd much rather turn to him than than. Yeah. Kenny or Steve, because those guys just aren't ready yet. But, uh, you know, look, today was a good chance to get those guys some experience, though, and that's good. That's a positive, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's a question in here that I I don't understand. Let's get – I'm going to ask somebody a question here real quick. Go to the next one, Ryan. Yeah. Yep. Charlie Weiss's last belt loop with the super chat. Can you see any big-time recruits not originally interested at Notre Dame now looking Notre Dame's way, or will it take beating Ohio State to see it? Look, if if a recruit wasn't looking at Notre Dame at all, it's going to take more than beating Navy and Tennessee State. Yeah. I mean, bottom line, right? I yeah. mean, they're, they're going to have to make some noise 
in order to turn some heads and beating Ohio state is the noise that needs to be made. Now they're also going to have to sustain it. You can't just beat Ohio state and then lay an egg in some other games. You have to sustain it. I think throughout the season, I'm not saying you have to go undefeated, but you got to sustain it. But as of two games, no, I, that's not going to turn anybody's head, man. No. Next week actually can help with that. I mean, look, you go on the road and beat NC State in as convincing. I mean, look, they're not going to beat NC State 56 to three or 42 to three. That's not going to happen. But but let's say you beat them 31 to 14. That's going to start turning more heads, especially since Notre Dame likes to recruit North Carolina so much. Right. Trust me, folks, NC State's going to have that's their big recruiting weekend. Like next weekend when they host Notre Dame, that's going to be NC State's like, okay. You know, all these recruits we're trying to get. Look, here's the rest of their home games, right? The, the, Notre Dame, Louisville, Marshall, Clemson, Miami, North Carolina. Clemson, Miami, great. This is their big weekend. This is the game that they're saying, hey, we're going to try to convince people. And then obviously Clemson will be another one. They're going to have a lot of kids on campus that Notre Dame wants 25 kids, 24 kids. Uh, a lot of those North Carolina kids that like Notre Dame. You're, you're going to see some of them at the game next weekend. One of the things I'm going to have Ryan work on this week is find out who NC State's going to have on campus this weekend and see how many of those kids are Notre Dame targets. You know, Because I remember when, when Notre Dame played Clemson back in 2015, Notre Dame was trying to recruit Troy Pride, and he visited the, Clemson that weekend. And Notre Dame you know, played well. They lost, but you know, he was impressed with how they played, and he, he liked Notre Dame a lot that weekend. But NC State starts to move the needle as far as – you know, maybe you like Notre Dame, but you don't love Notre Dame. I think what where the first two games help, Charlie, is kids that already liked Notre Dame. If you're a running back that like if you're if you're Justin Thurman or Kedron Young or Aeneas Williams, and you're like, I like Notre Dame, I'm, I'm you know, you're lo- you're seeing what you saw the first two weeks, and you're like, I'm loving it. I could be the number five back and I'm gonna touch the football in the first half of every game. You know what I mean? Like that's that's who's loving it. If you're a running back who likes Notre Dame, but you're not sure how you feel about Notre Dame, yeah, you're you're probably seeing something. But, like, other kids, like, to your point, Vince, are like, yeah, I like Notre Dame. They're okay. Oh, my gosh, they beat Tennessee State 56-3. to That They beat Navy 4. That's not moving the needle. But I don't think we have to necessarily wait all the way to Ohio State. The NC State starts that process. And then Ohio State is the – that's the big one. That's the whole – this is the monkey you have to get off your back. And that's the one that's going to really, 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 really kind of – you know, that's, yeah, that's what we're going to have to see. That's yep. going to be the big one. Absolutely. So, so we, we do have this, Vince. Let's kind of get to some of these. Have you had a chance to look at some of these, uh, some of these scores today? There are some very bit. interesting scores. So if you want to look at the games being played right now. Uh, well, let me, let me, for the people who are listening on a podcast, I want to make sure I say what this is that we're talking about. Oh, yes, Evans. yes. Sorry. Go ahead, Vince. No, you're good. Tyler Evans, Super Chat. He says, have you seen other scores from games that surprised you? And so we, we put that one on hold so we could kind of look at some of the scoreboard yeah. and, you know, stuff my, like that. My dad texted me this a little bit ago. And the score has changed since my dad texted me. But Texas State in the fourth quarter is beating Baylor. 42 to 24 blowing right the doors now. off of them yeah now baylor has got it first and 10 at the 11 yard line and so if they can score here it's 42 to 31 with 10 minutes left but still they are whooping baylor right now 
They are absolutely whooping Baylor right now. Uh, Bama's beating Middle Tennessee. Bama has a very weird stat line, Vince. I was looking at their stats. They have 42 points right now. They're beating uh, they're beating Middle Tennessee 42 to six. Excuse me, 42 to seven end of the third quarter. And I'm like, well, wow, I wonder what the offensive numbers are like. They have 194 passing yards and 130 rushing yards. I'm thinking, well, that's not great. I was like, you know, they, they've they've only got like 324 yards of offense. That's that's not great. And then I looked at the um, the game cast, and it's like, okay, yeah, it actually makes a little bit more sense now. So they forced some turnovers because they've had scoring drives of 47 yard touchdown drive, 42 yard touchdown drive, two plays, 47 yard touchdown drive, one play. 67-yard touchdown drive, and then another touchdown drive, those two plays in 34 yards. So they're getting a bunch of short fields because they're apparently because of their defense and special teams. Uh, but uh, that's a weird stat line, very weird stat line. They, they've actually only forced one turnover, so it, m- it must be like return game or something, like or some shank punts or something. I'm trying to figure out how, how that's happening. But, uh, yeah, they, they've had some very short fields. Oh, they had a uh, – let's see here. Trying to see the kick return numbers here. I they don't show it. Uh, five. Oh yeah, Kool Aid McKintree has five five punt returns for sixty six yards. That's one. I haven't seen any kick return yardage yet. But yeah, they, they they're dominating. Uh, some other games, Vince. Some other scores. Penn State's up on West Virginia twenty four to seven. They just started the fourth quarter. Uh, the the score doesn't doesn't you know anything. But actually, West Virginia is doing a decent job against the Penn State running attack. They've only got 105 rushing yards. But Drew Allers, 20 of 28 for 300 yards and two touchdowns. The guy that Brian Kelly didn't want to make a run for, right? They slow played because of Brian Kelly. Like, ridiculous. Uh, Freaking guy. But, uh, yeah, Nicholas Singleton has only got 53 yards. Nine carries, but he's only got 53 yards so far uh, in, in the game. Uh, North Carolina is beating the doors off of South Carolina right now, 31 to 14. And Drake may is going off. And it was close at halftime and yeah. third quarter took a turn. Basically I had yeah. that one on over here. It took a hard turn right now. Yeah. It's thir- yeah. You're it was 17, 14 at halftime Vince yeah. to your point. Yeah. And then North Carolina looks like North Carolina came out, took the first drive of the second half, right down the field, 53 yards on six plays, scored a touchdown, got the ball back and went right down the field again, 55 yards on eight plays. Drake, Drake Mays having himself a day today, looking at the box score. He's 23 of 29 for 266 yards. Uh, Spencer Rattler's 12 of 18 for 187 yards. Talking about the, everybody talks about the North Carolina defense not being there very good. Right now, South Carolina has 15 rushing yards on 24 carries. Wow. Yeah. Th- their, their leading rusher has 23 yards on 12 carries. Spencer Rattler's at minus two. Xavier Leggett's at minus two. Juju McDowell's at minus four. They have three running backs and three ball carries in the minuses right now. So that uh, that North Carolina defense that I thought would be better this year, so far they're playing much better. Now we got to see if they can do it for four quarters. That's going to be a bit of a question mark. Um, to, I said in the game this week, a game that I thought that could be a, a little shaky is I thought Toledo could give Illinois a game. And right now, Illinois just scored to go up on Toledo 20 to 19. That's a very competitive game right now uh, so far. Uh, Virginia Tech's only up by six on Old Dominion. Let's see some of the finals. That 23 to three final between Ohio State and, and yeah, Indiana, that, that was. was um, 
that was surprising. surprising. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I thought. I mean, Indiana's bad, and well, and it, it, I haven't watched the game yet, right? So I'm just looking at the box score events. But the big question I had about Ohio State wasn't so much the quarterback play; it was the offensive line. I've been saying this all summer. And Ohio State only rushed for 143 yards on 31 carries. That's like what four something a carry, right? That that's not great. That's not a great sign. Again, game one, but you only averaged 4.6 yards per carry against Indiana. That that's not that's not a great place to be if you're Ohio State. Again, game one, but uh, yeah, that's not. And this is a team that gave up 175 rushing yards a game last year, Indiana and Notre Dame. I mean, and, and last year Ohio State rushed for 340 yards against them last year in November. So like late in the year, that's, that's not a great start to your season. Running well, football. And Travion Henderson had 12 carries for 47 yards and a long of 19. Yeah. So that means just about 20 yards, which is almost half of his entire yardage yeah. came on one carry. Yeah. Like that's crazy. Yeah. Now, now I would, I, I would like to watch that game for some more context, yes. but still Marvin Harrison had two catches for 18 man. yards. I mean, there you go, yeah. right? Yeah, that's not an ideal situation. Uh, Michigan, their win over East Carolina was more convincing than the final. It was 30 to nothing, and then Michigan kind of called off the dogs a little bit. Uh, Boise was beating Washington early. Well, not, they, not at the end. Oh, my gosh. So <laughs> I remember when we were still the stadium, Boise was up uh, 9 to 7. And then when we got home, and I started, and I'm like, it ended up they ended up scoring three straight touchdowns and then uh just just blew them out in the second half. They scored three touchdowns in the fourth quarter and their backup quarterback threw a touchdown pass to beat Boise 56 to 19. That that was a, the next score that jumped game. out at me. Yeah, that was Texas a, was not surprising. sharp against Rice. It was 16 to 3 at halftime. They ended up scoring three touchdowns in the fourth quarter, third quarter. Uh did you see the score of the Oregon Portland game? It's 81 uh, to 7. Yeah, sure did. Yeah. Good. That's a lot of touchdowns. Yeah. It's nine, that's a actually. that's a lot of flipping touchdowns. Or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Wisconsin wasn't super sharp against Buffalo. It was fourteen to ten at halftime. Uh, Wisconsin, uh, Wisconsin, kind of they scored twenty four points in the second half. Uh, they had an eighty nine yard run from Ches Malusi, and then they had a, um, a, a couple short scoring drives: thirty seven yard drive, forty six yard drive. My big knock on Wisconsin, why I'm not sold on Wisconsin like other people are, is Tanner Mordecai. I'm not a big Tanner Mordecai guy. He went 24 of 31. Just looks good, right, Vince? 189 yards, one touchdown, two picks. E. But you know what? They ran for 314 yards. That's, I'm really looking forward to watching yeah. that game and see how they ran it. Because, like, that's what Paul Longo did, or Phil Longo did three years ago at UNC, and then he went away from it the last three years. Started running the quarterback all the time and not running the football. Um, they had two backs over 100 yards in that game. So um, Butch Jones caught another beatdown. Uh, Iowa's defense is great. Their offense is still not great. <laughs> it, it really isn't. Um, there was a. Did you see the Fresno beat Purdue at Purdue today? Did you see that? Fresno beat Purdue did today they end at up Purdue. Pulling that off. I yeah, 39-34. Wow. It was a back and forth game. I'm. I'm. I recorded it. I'm looking forward to watching that. That looked like a very entertaining game. The boilers. Very entertaining game. Um, BC got beat by Northern Illinois and had in overtime. Did you, you see that? You, you showed me that one. It ended up going like, overtime uh, and they lost. Like Huskies. that. Jeff Halfley's done. He is absolutely done. That is a bad, that's a bad loss. And he's not very good to begin with. Other than that, there really wasn't anything. 
um, to take away from. I thought Stanford looked pretty good last night against uh, Hawaii. I don't know if you watched any of that game last night. Yeah, you couldn't. You were on your way home. Correct. They beat uh, they beat Hawaii 37-24. It wasn't really that close. The Louisville-Georgia Tech game was great last night. Georgia Tech looked great early in that game. They looked great. And then Louisville just poured it, just, just I mean, rallied back. It was, it was, it was 28 to 13 at halftime. Georgia Tech was winning 28 to 13 at halftime. And they got outscored 26 to 6 in the second half to for to, to get a win in Jeff Brom's first game. So that was um that was a pretty good win right there. But that that's kind of all I see from today's game, Vince. Uh, Georgia, Georgia actually didn't look, didn't really, they ended up blowing, um, who'd they end up playing today? I, I'm, who did they play? It's like UT Martin. Yeah, it was, it was only 17, nothing at halftime. Georgia scored 17 points in the fourth quarter to really pile it on a little bit. Um, they didn't look necessarily score wise. They didn't look necessarily phenomenal today. Then Marshall had to come back to beat Albany today. Did you see that? They were losing for a while. 17, 14 going into the fourth quarter. And then USC blew out Nevada. They scored 24 points in the fourth quarter. 66 to 14. Today, might, so. might have to flip on this uh, Illinois Toledo game. It's a one point game. Start of the fourth quarter. Yeah. Yeah. It's 2019. And, and then Illinois had to score to get yes. that lead. Yeah, Toledo was yeah Toledo was beating them. Yeah, so yeah, Jason Candle's a good football coach. Here it looks like Illinois had a pick six for a touchdown. That's how they got their first oh, their wow. second touchdown. Yeah, yeah, it was it was nineteen to seven in the third quarter, and, and Illinois had a pick six for a touchdown. And then they just went on a fifty five yard drive to get the lead back. So yeah, I'm, I'm, we're going to wrap up here, Vince, with that. Uh, we actually have a super chat here that we'll get to here at the end, but. Uh, from uh, from one of our Ohio State fans, so we'll get to it at the end, and then we'll we'll get out of here. But uh, all yeah. right, he he says, uh, Travion. Oh, thir- first of all, thank you very much for the super chat. Yeah, really man, appreciate it. Uh, Travion pretty much only played the first half. The line was real bad in the first half. Got a bit better in the second. They also yeah. switched to trip or chip trainum. Excuse mm-hmm. me if I butchered that okay. uh, for a more physical. Running back. So that thank you for some context, Mike. Yeah, I, just looking at the line, but still, that's not a great line. Yeah, way, but so. yeah, I don't care if he only played the first quarter, first half. Like he's too good of a running back not to be better than that. I mean, right. that's that's the thing. And so, I'm I'm gonna watch that game. But but again, it's it's game one, right? Like that's my thing. Game one. It, it's not. It's it's just not something that I'd be overreacting to. And, and Notre Dame right. fans, it's not a kind of game where you're just like, hey. You know, let's start talking trash to Ohio State fans. Like it's like it's game one, right? It's game one. Let's see how things go. And maybe Indiana's better than we think they're gonna be. I don't think so, but maybe Indiana's better than we think. But go they played like crap and got a 20 point road win against the Big Ten team. That's yeah. there's worse things that have happened in, in life. So uh yeah. Yeah, it uh it's gonna be an it's an interesting day, I thought. Not a ton of upsets, but still an interesting day. You know, yeah, because uh, you know this is week one for most schools, right? And week one for most schools is the the it's it's the paycheck game, right? Yeah. And so you you're not going to get a lot of upsets, frankly. Yeah. Um, you know, th- there's still some good football to be played some yet. Really good football to be played. So <laughs> yeah. stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yeah. Make sure you tune in though tomorrow night at eight o'clock for upon further review. Even though there's also a game tonight, on. folks, eleven thirty tonight. 
the CFB Nation team. So on the CFB Nation channel, won't be on Irish Breakdown. It'll be on CFB Nation. So if you want to listen to a recap, Bill Bender from Sporting News and Bill Trochi from Sporting News, who are the hosts of the, the CFB Nation channel, which is, uh, you know, obviously a, a part of the Driscoll Publishing Irish Breakdown family, right? That's the other the other channel that we have. They're actually doing their first live show tonight at eleven thirty. And so I'm actually getting ready to get with them. They're going to break down all the games that are played and they'll kind of dive into their recap. So if you want to hear talk some more football about an hour and hour and 10 minutes, you're going to want to check that out. They're going to go live around 1130 PM on CFB nation. Is this going to be a weekly, a weekly deal for them? They're going to try it. Yeah. They're going to try it. Now it's going to be harder some weeks because some weeks bills on the road traveling for certain games because he, you know, covers certain games for sporting news, but yeah, they're going to give it a whirl. And uh, they're definitely going to give it a shot. So I'm going to help them get that set up and we'll get them rocking and rolling. So, yeah, 1130 tonight, CFB Nation channel. Definitely check that out for the post game. Their post, sort of their post week one. It's not really a post game because there's no like a game that they're breaking down. It's going to be all of it. They're just going to talk about what they saw today. And then they'll probably preview a little bit the Florida State uh, LSU game tomorrow, which is going to be a lot of fun. So, yeah, we, we may have to – I don't know, Vince. We may have to start the upon further review a little bit earlier tomorrow so we can <laughs> – It's fair. <laughs> or we may fair. just talk about that game while we're doing our mailbag or something. We'll, eh, we'll see. But, uh, you know. But that's why you got to be subscribed, right, Vince? Because – You just don't know. You know, when, when you're subscribed, then whenever we go live, you'll you'll know. You'll know. Absolutely. So, there you go, man. Let's, why don't you take us out of here? All right, everybody. Thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. Hey, another good, solid Irish victory. Two and – Oh, that's the best you can be after two mm-hmm. weeks of playing football that's games. Right. So, you know, take it where you can get it. And uh, we're right in the middle of it now. So big game coming up next week. Stick around with Irish Breakdown because we're going to break it all down for you because it's in the name. That's what we do. And so tomorrow night. <laughs> why we named it that way. That's why. I mean, it is what it is, right? That's why we do what we do. So <laughs> in the tomorrow night. I love that comment. It's, it's in the name, guys. That's it's what in- we do. That's, what, that's who we are. It's a, you know it's the kiss method, baby. Keep That's it simple. Staying stupid. in our lane, Vince. All right? in our lane. <laughs> yes, we are <laughs> staying in our lane, my man. Uh, so make sure you uh, hit the like or hit the thumbs up, hit the share. You know, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Boards.irishbreakdown.com. All kinds of fun stuff over there. Make sure you hit it. Irishbreakdown.com as well. Lots of stories about the game today. You know, recruiting. Just check it out. There's a bunch of stuff there as well. So stick around, guys. This is the only place you need to be. Irish Breakdown. We're going to bring it to you again tonight. College football or the uh, CFP Nation. Check it mm-hmm. out tonight. Live, 1130. And then tomorrow night, we're going to have our uh, Upon Further Review. So stick around, folks. Every day, seven days a week, Irish Breakdown. So for Brian, I'm Vince. We'll talk to you next time on the Irish Breakdown podcast. Tyler Buckter's in a quarterback, by the way, for Alabama. Go no, go Knowles.